And you're very welcome to episode 103 of the Irish Photography Podcast. And this week, it's your podcast. I don't know who you are, but welcome to the Irish Photography Podcast. Sit back, relax, and listen about cameras, gear, settings, stories, and all things photography. Join Dermot and Darren on Ireland's Best Photography Podcast. Let's go. Hi, I'm Darren. I'm your host this week, and I'm joined, as ever, by Dermot in Limerick. Dermot, how are you getting on, buddy? Ah, uh, very good, man. I don't think I need to harp on about my van anymore at this stage, but we're getting there's light at the end of the tunnel. We're nearly there, Darren. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah, it's looking well. I can't wait, actually, you know, to finally see you get out and about in it. You know, it'll be great for getting away for those extra days. So, yeah, well worth the effort, man. Well worth the effort. But yeah, you know what? I'm sick of kind of hearing yeah. about your van now. To be honest with you, just get it done already, would you? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Don't worry. I'd say by the end of the week, it'll, it'll be like the, the bedding is away, getting upholstered, and the TV unit bracket is coming. So you'll be able to put the iPad Pro coming down from the roof. It's going to be fecking epic. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, come on. What, what, what are we doing tonight, man? What are we doing? What are we doing? I'm fine, by the way, but thanks for asking anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, what are we doing? So ah, no, this evening is going to be a slightly different episode to normal. So I had an idea there when we were talking the past couple of weeks about, you know, where are we going to go? Where are we going to be excited to get our back out and get taking photographs in the landscape again? And then I said to myself, you know what? I'd be very interested to hear what our listeners and our members in the groups that we have on Facebook and obviously our followers on Instagram and what they're thinking about and when they want to get back out again because I'm sure a lot of people out there, just like you and me, are really excited to be able to get out. So I kind of wanted to, to know what was on top of their list. So I asked a question, you know, which is this is going to be your podcast and the first thing or the first place that I'm going to go to photograph is... But now, you know what, now, dear, before we even get into that, when I was thinking it, then I said, mm. you know, it's just you and me. And it's, again, why don't we draft somebody else in, I suppose, and bring somebody else along to share these locations with us and give us their viewpoint as well in it. And I'm delighted that, you know, we've got a extra person on the podcast this evening, Mr. Paul Madigan. Paul, welcome to the Irish Photography Podcast, buddy. Thanks, lads. I'm glad glad to be on and thanks a million for the, the invite. Delighted to be here. Ah. No bother, why no bother? I'm delighted actually, you know, to have you on. It'll be really interesting to kind of hear your side of things from a, a wildlife point of view. I suppose you know, just very briefly, I suppose if anybody doesn't know who you are, Paul, just give us a quick overview. What type of photographer are you? Um, well, I'm with uh, Club in Mallow, Blackwater Photography Society. Um, I suppose I've been Woo! with the the camera for the last maybe ten. 12 years now um, and it's mainly f um, wildlife that I that um, I focus on majority of the time I have been uh, touching off landscape a small little bit um, and I think that was due to uh, joining the club um, you know it, it is um, driven me along being around in club outings and stuff like that um, so I've, I've just kind of got a bit of a grow for um, landscape photography now as well so would Kieran Mahoney have a, a big influence on you, Paul, to kind of push on from the nature side of things and into the landscape? Yeah, also? absolutely. I mean, Kieran is a fantastic um, photographer, but uh, like Blackwater has quite a few uh, wildlife photographers. You know, there's there's a couple of them there. There's you've John Flynn, you've Pack, you've Donahue, you've Thomas Healy. You know, there, there's quite a few um, wildlife photographers, but Kieran does touch off the the um, landscape as well. And John Flynn would be landscape as well. He's been in, in Norway and a few places. So, you know, he's he's um, focused on landscape a lot of the time. But, yeah, they definitely drive me on. Being going out to Killarney with them and going on club outings with them, they definitely, you know, give you the, the growth for the, the landscape. But once again, when I'm down taking images of landscape, I see this bird shooting across and I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me this, you said the word gras twice. What does uh, gras just, mean? Yeah, just Is a that bit a of a drive for it, like, you know, a bit of a, a want, a want for okay. it, you know. <laughs> um, step outside your comfort zone kind of a thing, you know. Uh, it's ironic now because we just did an episode last week about stepping outside your comfort zone, so... Yeah, we got a bit of a gras for it. I like that. I like it. I can't believe you've never heard the word gras. Yeah, it's actually a love or a passion, you know, really for it or a lust for it. 
I mean, you know what? There's a number of different things, I suppose, in different areas. And you know what? I suppose we'll start with Instagram, what the, the, the first one recommendation that we had, actually, and it's from our good friend, Mark Fletcher. And, you know, Mark has been very lucky because during the whole lockdown, he's been able to get out around, you know, Nina. Is it Nina I think he's living in? Um, where there's uh, lots of woodland. you got some beautiful photographs. But he says that the first place that he's going to be is Wicklow. Now... Have you gone f- taking photographs in Wicklow, Dermot? I haven't, but you know, it's like, it's kind of Bernard's stamping ground, really, you know? So, uh, and also for those who don't know, Bernard started his own podcast last week. So the best well wishes to Bernard and that endeavour for his podcast. It's going to be freaking awesome. Brilliant, yeah. I love the first episode already. But anyway, uh, going up to Wicklow, I know like Bernard loves shooting Ballinastow Woods and Ian Crothers is there often enough and Anthony Lynch. So... And it's somewhere that's been on my list to go. And I know John Myler is mad to go also. So, I don't know, maybe it's something that is on the cards. And Wicklow Woods, isn't that up in like the mountains or whatnot? I've no idea about Wicklow. Is there dead bodies up there, yeah, up in the mountains? That's all I know. <laughs> all right, Nidge, is that where you put them, yeah? <laughs> Paul, have you been to Wicklow? Um, yeah, I've been to, to Wicklow quite a few times, Darren, uh, you know, to be... One of my favorite places to be because you know you've you've a bit of everything. I mean, you have you have Glendalough, you know, you have you have wildlife, you have the national park. Um, you know, it's it's uh, an area for um, the spotted woodpecker as well. So you know, it's, it's I always have a you know a drive to go up there maybe once or twice a year, and any chance I'd get, I'd I'd, I'd head down for a weekend. But you know, because it's such a, a good journey for us here for up here in Cork. Um, mm. you would you would have to spend about two two or three days down there, you know. Yeah, you know, it's it Wicklow is actually a beautiful place to photograph. And Dermot, I can't believe that you haven't been there, but you know, there's so much that you can do. You mentioned about Glendalock and from a landscape point of view, I think generally you're almost always guaranteed a good photograph in Glendalock if you look at the apps and they say it's going to be nice weather. Okay, granted if it says it's going to be howling a gale, then you go to Glendalock. Chances are you're not going to get your reflections, but you can go there and nine times out of ten you're guaranteed to get a nice shot. And that's a beautiful place there on the, the different lakes but another spot actually as well is and that I went there with John Myler which is Manor Kilbride have you ever been there Paul? No I've never been there Darren no yeah, that's a very interesting place and it's a place I think that Mark actually will probably want to go to as well because Bernard goes there quite a lot because you've got a lovely set of cascades that roll down through this area um, and there's some beautiful deep pools that are there and you get the swirly water that everybody loves when you, know, you, go, st- when you go looking at or taking photographs in the uh, waterfalls in the woodlands, you know. It's a really, really nice spot, yeah. but it's interesting about Manor Kilbride. Uh, and when I went there with John, because John, like me actually, had this, exactly the same issue with his Lee filter holder. It popped off the front of his camera and I went down into the water. It was there, but he only just got it and it had its polarizer on the front of it. So he ended up having to borrow my waders to get into the water. And the water was actually deeper that when he went down to pick it up. You only just saw it because of the tiny bit of the brass ring that Lee, that's on the Lee filter holder. But he went, eventually went down to get it. The water came in and flooded the um, uh, the weather. So John John got kind of wet actually in Wicklow. Yeah, but Wicklow was a really, really good spot. And I think, you know what, we should organise a trip up there, Dermot, with um, Bernard, yeah? Absolutely. It's, it's, like I said, it's been on my cards. And like I said, I've never visited Glendalough. So it's almost a shame on me that I haven't because everyone else in Ireland seems to have a photograph from there except for moi. Mm. And you know, and the other place that actually Mark Fletcher mentioned as well is that second to that is going to go to Kerry. I mean, look, you know, I've said it before, that's where I'm going to go. I think a lot of people are going to go to Kerry and there's so much that you can photograph. Even Paul, you mentioned it there from a landscape point of view going with Kieran, and even when we went down, we met you last year at the, the Deer Rut. Like Kerry has so much to offer. I'm sure Kerry is probably at the top of both your lists, I think, is it? Yes, it would definitely be on top of my list, um, Darren, most definitely, because, you know, it's only 40 minutes away from me, and, you know, you have a bit of everything. You never really have a bad day down in down in Kerry or Killarney or Dingle or anywhere like that, you know, because, I mean, because I'm getting a little bit into the landscape, you know, if, if the conditions are not great for landscape or, you know, you can always go to the national park you know you've you can go to the rivers you can go to the woodland so you've 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 endless options in in Kerry and it's just it, it is a magical place yeah absolutely Dermot you're going to go back to Kerry are you going to go to your beloved Clare first port call I'm, I'm going to County Clare yeah. 
you know, uh, that's that's more I'm more or less born and bred. But Kerry it will be there will be a visit to Kerry also. Okay. Brilliant. Okay, so two good areas there from Mark. Thanks, Mark Fletcher, for uh, sending those in. I think the next one, actually, which is a very interesting one, is from a person, I suppose, that we've mentioned on the podcast on a few occasions, which is Jasperov. And it's very interesting saying, I've been doing a follow-up of what I documented back in March in Cork City and the contrast to what I saw when I went back into the city for the first time this Wednesday. Big difference. And also he's photographing a good bit of still life and a little bit of small town street photography in Mallow. But go back to the first part here, which is he was taking photographs, if you remember, nightscape shots in Cork. And we featured him as one of the Instagram pro- uh, profiles at one point. But right, yeah. He's now going back in to take photographs during the whole lockdown. And I think it'd be eerily different and a great documentary thing to actually have now before life starts coming back into things again. I think... It's definitely something to practice. It's definitely something to do. Like I said, it could be very eerie because you'd have the lack of human character or human life or action. So it's going to be... Um, do you ever see that film 28 Days Later? No. Okay, so basically Killian Murphy, uh, I don't know, he has some accent and he kind of goes into a coma and he for 28 days and then he wakes up in the middle of a feckin' zombie apocalypse. And when he wakes up and he goes around the place to... The, like in the middle of London the streets are empty mm. and it, everything's just weird and airy like you said and it's actually a very good film I actually really enjoyed it uh, Begbie from um, Trainspotting's in it oh brilliant it's very good brilliant have, me, ha, have you yeah. been you'd, into you'd like it have you been into Limerick at all into Limerick City no okay Paul have you have you been anywhere during lockdown did you have to go anywhere or pass through anywhere well, I'm still, I'm still actually working, Darren. So you know, it's, it's, it's still quite a bit normal for me. Like you know, I, I'm, I'm on the road, but um, right. what so I have. So did you done, see big differences? Yes, I've seen massive differences. You know, it's, it's, it's much quieter. Um, it's definitely a good opportunity for photographers to go out and picture the city. And, and there's no doubt those images will go down in history because the chances are you'll never again get those those images with this eerie feel on the streets and just, you know, a minimum amount of people walking around. But mm. Um, mm. It's, it's it's definitely it's definitely different. But I, I think this also has changed a lot of photographers as well. I think a lot of photographers are stepping outside their comfort zone and, and changing their, you know, their... Their style and genre, yeah. Yeah, 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 your style and genre, that's exactly, yeah, your style and genre. Um, so, and I think people are stepping outside, but it, it's definitely a good time, if, if you can, within the, the restrictions, test your abilities in, in some other types of photography, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's something that I, I saw, actually, somebody did a drone through one of the streets in Dublin, which would normally have lots and lots of people on it, and it was empty. And then I saw something, actually, recently... A Cork filmmaker actually sent the drone around Cork as well, just with footage, and there's nobody on the streets, there's no cars, there's no buses, there's no taxis. And it's completely surreal, you know, but I think from my point of view, what I think in regards to from photography to take a photograph of is the businesses all boarded up with signs across them, you know, and then you go up Washington Street in Cork, I don't know if anybody's driven up there or not, but um, uh, Reardon's Bar and Preachers and The Chambers and the Washington Inn. So the four bars there in that area of Washington Street were all boarded up. And I was looking, kind of going, what's going on? Why are they all boarded up? And apparently there was a group of guys got into Preachers and spent four days in the back of Preachers, absolutely drank the place dry. Nobody knew that they were inside there. Uh, And when they were found out, they decided, oh God, okay. So then the other bars put up all the hoarding at the front of it because they didn't want anybody going in and spending four days on a major bender in the back of the pub when there's nobody around to even... Check them. How about that one? Unbelievable. Yeah. That'd be some crack, wouldn't it? Not All right. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So, Dermot, there's a couple of ones there from, um, and I suppose two interesting ones already from uh, Instagram. We'll go over to you yeah. there. You can give us some of the ideas that came from the Facebook group. Yeah. Sure. So, Colum McMullen uh, posted saying he usually is, he is usually taking photographs of the landscape or fell races. What's fell races? Fell races. Yeah. F-E-L-L races. Uh, a fell is something in, in England they call a kind of a mountain and stuff like that. So maybe it's mountain races. Yeah. Maybe it's cross-country running. Maybe. Um, but uh, he decided to look for look to the sky for inspiration while restricted to staying local. So think he's thinking the isolation suits him. 
finding the bridge to frame it was pure luck definitely be heading to the hills where there's less light pollution when all this is over so Cullum is basically saying that he's going to kind of practice a bit more astrophotography because he's been kind of trapped inside and that's all he can really do at the moment so uh, it's something that I don't shoot enough and it's something that I really do need to kind of practice a bit more um Paul, have you ever shot any astro? No, I've never tried it. Um, well, I, actually, when I was in Africa once, I did. I did try a bit of it, but I just hadn't enough information on it to to get it right. Um, to me, in the, the back of the camera, I suppose I got some shots that that I was happy enough with. But I mean, what you see, yeah, what people are producing on the Facebook page and what they're producing on Instagram, it's it's just insane. But uh, I definitely definitely want to do it at some stage. But I'd have to go with someone that you know yeah. that really knows what they're doing, and because um, I I just think you, you you definitely need someone beside you that that knows what they're doing with the astro. Yeah, I'd I'd say so. I'd say so. And Darren, you haven't done too much astro, but what what have you done? I've done enough astro, I suppose, over the years. Like you know, what I mean, the only thing I don't like about astro in Ireland is the cold. You know, you're absolutely freezing. Oh, you're yeah. there for a long period of time because, you know, okay, I'd love to be able to do it in a warm climate. And you'd say, all right, even if I've got a coat on me, it's not going to be that cold. But I think, you know what, the quite interesting thing, and actually you mentioned about Berner there in his podcast you know, with Alan Wallace, and he said about something which is actually very true, that since the whole lockdown has come in, we've had beautiful weather. And with the beautiful weather that everybody loves, you know, we don't like it from a photography point of view, but the night sky has been incredible. Uh, and a lot of times where you get clear skies and you know even there now today it's clear skies now at the moment when we're recording this on Sunday and I'd love to be able to go off back down to Nohova Cove and get that photograph even though I've taken it once already but to get it again because I think I could do better in it and it's interesting you say it Paul about you have to go with somebody with astro I think astro is something that you can go to and you can say okay it's very similar and that's basic basic it up let's just say you can open up to the widest aperture go for a 25 second exposure and adjust your ISO until you get a clean enough image that's fine for one photo but when you mention what people are posting online and you, even Alan, Alan was saying it you know like you take 14 15 20 shots and stack them all together of the same scene and you'll get rid of the noise that you have inside in the image and you'll get a much cleaner image you'll get a much bigger image as well but that's a huge commitment to be able to do it to be able to get that photograph and if you get it right perfect but if you don't get it right then you've wasted your time in regards to doing it but at least okay you'd have one photograph that might be right but I think definitely we're going into the summer period of time now I mean okay May is perfect from the Milky Way August is perfect for the Milky Way um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to get back out and go fair all distances by the time it comes to August because for me right now, 20 kilometres just doesn't cut it because I still have night, uh, night pollution, you know. It's definitely something that I definitely want to go and do, especially back to the Cliffs of Moher because I was shot from there from back in 2015 and I was relatively happy with the image, but I want to go back and I want to get better. Yeah, yeah. I think I want to do it a lot more but I want to be warm. I just don't want to be so cold. Um, Brian DeBar actually had the best idea ever. Um, he, he found uh, a road down in close to Beira and he knew the farmer, but he got to know the farmer. And it's a hill that goes right up in the top of one of the mountain areas and you're looking out over the whole water. And he just goes up in his um, disco, puts the camera outside, sits inside in the Jeep, perfectly warm, you know, and that's taking the photographs outside, and I'm like, yeah, I do that, no problem, no problem whatsoever, you know. But that's the smart way to do it. You're lot, you're all a pack of wussies. I, I, hang God's on a sake. second, here anyway. you, the man who's always cold, who never wears gloves and always forgets a hat and can't even feed his fingers or his toes and is crippled. No, you want to be careful there, no? What do I ever come there, in from Mr. this? Kettle calling the pot black. And let's not forget, Darren, we also bought a pair of Wellington so you could fit his slippers into. Yes, exactly. Yes, bring his home comforts with him. Quite. quite Who invited him on? <laughs> Mind you, that was pretty genius, to be fair. <laughs> it was. It was. I give myself a pat on the back for that one. Anyway, so David Woodland, are my good old buddy, one of my best men at my wedding, he posted saying that some of the members from St. Munchen's Photography Club got out at the weekend with a five within the 5K with social distancing in play. And they had a bit of a challenge. They all had to go away and 
choose one camera and one lens. And it was the 85 mil challenge. So I'm sure, especially if they're out around, you know, just say Limerick City, it's going to be very challenging to use that one focal length of 85 mil. Have you ever challenged yourself, Darren, to a one kind of lens challenge? I have, yeah, with the 50 mil. But that's about it. How did I get on? How did I get on? Fine. I mean, you know, you have to be, you, you have to become the tripod, like you're the one that's moving around, you know I mean? That's, it makes you to think about the photograph a lot more rather than using the camera and the lens. And I do like it. I think I had to do it that time as well when I had the Zeiss lens, whatever the focal length that was, I can't remember, um, 20 mil or something, I think, I'm not quite sure. Um, but yeah, you had to move around and become that. I think it's it definitely, a lot of people swear by primes and they would say, you know, don't have a zoom, have a prime because you move to get yourself in the shot, but you're going to get a much, much better photograph, I suppose. So yeah, I haven't done it that often, but uh, a couple of times with the 50 mil. I don't have an 85 mil, so then I'd be goosed. Paul, have you got an 85 mil? <laughs> I know, no 85 mil. It's, it's rarely the 600 comes off my camera, to be honest. <laughs> so it's a, it's a challenge in itself trying to handhold it. <laughs> yes. So tell me this uh, you've got a, a, what, a 150 to 600. What other lenses do you have? Um, I have a 24 to 70, and I have a macro lens as well, which I very rarely pull out. But um, I, I, I hope to get maybe yeah. a 70 to 200 this year and maybe upgrade camera as well. Um, in a couple of months, but it's 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 rarely. Sometimes I just leave with the camera and the lens and leave the bag at home, you know, because I know it's just a six hundred I'll be putting on. Get the Sigma yeah. seventy two hundred two point eight if you are going to get a seventy two hundred. It's an unbelievable lens. I know you already have the Sigma and the one fifty to six hundred, but the seventy two hundred is unbelievably sweet. If you're an eighty five, Dermot. Amen. <laughs> I sold what do you mean if I an 85, Darren? I have two 85s, like. <laughs> which one? <laughs> yeah, which one? The left one or the right one? Like? Uh, which one? <laughs> no, I actually, and it was my favourite lens. Genuinely, I, I, I loved it. It was so tack sharp. Uh, the bulk, it was unbelievable. But then I went away and got my paws on the 105 Bokeh Monster. I mean, that thing was just sexy as hell. I mean, what a lens. It was so good that it. I just had to sell the 85 because I wasn't using it. What was the point? Because I'd be at a wedding, the 105 doesn't, like like Paul, the 150, 600 doesn't come off your camera. The 105 doesn't come off my camera for weddings or portraits. That's, that's the go-to lens. It's just unbelievable. And then if I use it for video, I mean, it's just every person comments, what lens did you use that? Six minutes, 31 <laughs> yeah, seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All the time. And I'm like, yeah, that's the bulk of monster. I mean, it's just, yeah, that's just unbelievable. But yeah, I could do a challenge with 105 for the, for good measure. Yeah, it'd be a good crack. Yeah, I like the idea of being on a fixed focal length, though. You know, I think it's a good challenge as well for the guys to get out. So yeah, David, thanks very much, man. That's a, a quite an interesting one, I suppose. And I'd like to see some of the shots, actually, that they would have gotten where they went. Do you think it was street photography, yeah? Um, they didn't say just uh, get out at the weekend to uh, take some shots but look if anyone knows if everyone, anyone wants to go on to the Facebook page you can join or check up on St. Munchen's Photography Club they have a Facebook page so go on there and give them a like for the crack huh? do buy do I, th I, think, I, think, I think clubs have to um, you know set challenges like that because you know when, when you're going out with a club you, you tend to get help from everyone and you know when everyone has the, the same lens on or the same idea at least you know you can converse and help each other from the distance you know rather than going over and back to, to each camera yeah good idea good yeah. idea you know I think everybody should have a, one of those multi-channel um, walkie talkie sets as well so that anybody can be learning and they don't have to be anywhere close to each other. I think that's going to be something which more and more people will start to use. Yeah, yeah. One of my VSPs. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, give us one more there from the Facebook uh, and we'll go back to the Instagram. Then they're actually okay. going, give us one more from the Facebook there and then we'll take a quick break. Okay, so we're going over to my good old buddy, Stephen O'Grady. So he says, as soon as restrictions lift, I'm hitting West Kerry. Who knows when I'll, I'll be, be back. I'll be there with you. <laughs> You're here. <laughs> uh, so I take it we're all going to Kerry. So you see, man, I don't think you've really had the proper exposure to Kerry yet. You know, I mean, you've only dipped your toe in the water a small, but you haven't been 
like enveloped by what Kerry has to offer. I don't think so. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely we'll all be hitting Kerry. Hold on, you what? It's just three. Hold just on a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold the boat there for a second. I have been to Glen and Shaquin and experienced an amazing weekend. Even though you destroyed my car by making me drive the whole way in there, uh, my car wasn't designed exactly for those roads, right? However, I've been to Valencia Island and spent four days down at Valencia Island, not only doing landscape photography, but scuba diving underneath the Skelligs. So how have I not immersed myself in Kerry and the deer rut in Killarney as well? So. And I went to the Rally of the Lakes one time and didn't drink for the whole weekend and got stupefied. Okay, so all right. So you've, you've done all the Kerry, man. I mean, all, all those two areas, including the bars, the third one, that's even better. Like, <laughs> how much time have you spent in the Dingle Peninsula? Um, scuba diving, uh, a small bit, but not too much. Uh, I spent more as a child than anything else I remember right. from Dingle. How about landscape? Yeah, I need to go back there. Uh, for Dingle, none. none. None, okay. Paul, have you been to the Dingle Peninsula? I have. I've been to Dingle Peninsula a couple of times, actually. Um, okay. I often, yeah, I often head down there, sometimes on my own, you know, just to just get different aspects of it. Or, I mean, you have different conditions every time you hit Dingle. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's always a joy to come down there, even, even if you do come home with nothing, you know, it's, it's just a, an amazing place. It is. And you can always make sure you get a lovely bit of yeah. fish and chips and Harrington's as well and Dingle at the end of your productive day out taking photos. Dingle is something I think which is phenomenal. You know, Nev Cartilage there came over <laughs> to, to Ireland for two weeks and he ended up spending nearly six and a half weeks in Dingle. He said he couldn't get out of the place because every time he turned the corner he fell in love all over again. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dingle is uh, absolutely beautiful. Yarrow is blessed to live there um, and I think, you know, it's somewhere definitely yeah. that I will be when we get out in our Early parole, I suppose, really from this uh, from this lockdown. So, guys, look, that's a, an interesting first part to this uh, podcast. We'll be right back after this break. Do you want to take your photography up a level? Do you want to hit that shutter from a hundred feet away, or perhaps you'd like to take your images remotely? With a built-in motion, light, and sound sensor, you can capture unique shots and incredible time lapses. The Capture Pro from Hanel has got all that covered and more. Visit Hanel.ie. And you're very welcome back to the Irish Photography Podcast. And we're still on the topic of your podcast. And, you know, we got some interesting locations so far, but actually one here from a very good friend of ours, Darren, which is Robert Seigenfuss. Uh, as you know, we've met him a number of times, but he's said an interesting thing, which is he's been out shooting in lockdown in Ken- Kenmare, which has been really neat experience because it's within the two to five kilometres around the area. So just like Yarrow being stuck in Dingle, Robert has been stuck in Kenmare, one of the most picturesque areas in all of Ireland, in, in the garden area of that. Now, he's saying he's looking forward to be able to get deep into the Clarny National Park and also get some of the swimwear shoots as well that he's got planned in Cork. And also he has to get up to Dodd for some <laughs> photos in the Glen. So I'm sure he has to go up to you to learn where, where what's the name of the yeah. place, the Glen? What's it called? Glen what? The Clare Glens. <laughs> Clare. That's my favourite country. Nice hot spot. And where is it? It's in Limerick. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's actually do you know what there's been war about this over the last few years whether it's in Tipperary or is it in Limerick and some people get very bad over it like you know in my opinion it is actually in Tipperary but look who am I to say it's it's right in the border between Limerick and, and Tipperary but I think it's in Tipperary mm, okay uh, it is a lovely woodland there's some lovely waterfalls I, w- I do really wish that they got some sort of contractor or someone in to tidy it up a bit because it's kind of uh, do you know when you can see one area where it's kind of just left to kind of rot and do all these overflowing branches into the, the the rivers and all that it doesn't look very appealing but just it's probably me nitpicking because i'm a photographer i just wished it would look like it did five years ago like if i rewind five years ago it was 10 times nicer the way i see it but uh, now it just it needs a bit of a touch up. I'm half tempted to go in myself with a bit of a hedge trimmer and just go mad, you know. But I'd probably be attacked by all these um, tree huggers. You probably you know? would. You probably would. And look, I mean, you know what? It's interesting there you say about, you know, Robert wants to come up and go to the Clare Glens and he's in the beautiful area of Kenmare. I mean, look, we went to Kenmare this time last year, actually, to Rena Goss and we got the rhododendron tunnels. 
And that was phenomenal, you know. I mean, that's yeah. on Robert's doorstep. Yet he wants to go up into the Clare Glens, and also he's in Kenmare. You know, again, that whole Bay Area is beautiful. But of course, you know, it's like everything. Really, you kind of take things for granted, don't you? Really, if they're under your your doorstep at all times. But he wants to get up and get deep into Clarny, and that's again another place that we've mentioned a number of times so far. And you know, from a Clarny point of view, um, you've seen you've seen the swimwear photography that Robert does, Dermot. Have you? Oh yeah, I think every man in Ireland. You've seen it, Paul? No, I haven't. No. Okay, so there you go. <laughs> but Robert does some uh, fantastic photography, I suppose. His idea is that he takes model photography but brings it out into the landscape, so it's not in a, a fixed control light scenario. And he had a contract, or still has a contract, I imagine, for a swimwear company that wanted to get their swimwear, obviously, being worn, but in Irish. Uh, landscape locations and he wants to get those continued in Clarny National Park and there's some phenomenal areas in Clarny National Park that we know about but there's a lot of areas as well that a lot of people don't know about too in that vastness I think is it what size is it is it 15,000 hectares or something like that something like that area? yeah yeah, in the whole area of Clarny Whoa. National Park, you know. So you think they're oh yeah, should I with Clarny on the piss there, like, and should I know Kerry very well, like, uh, should I mean like <laughs> I fell out the road? You know nothing, John Snow. You know nothing. Oh, silence! <laughs> oh my God! Through that. Silence! 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 All right. So listen, Robert. Thanks very much for that. I think yes, a lot of people are very similar to you, wanting to get into Clarny National Park, um, and you know, get up to see Clare Glens too. And hopefully, Dermot would have done taken out the black and decker and given it a bit of a, a trim, so it looks nice and presentable for when you get up there. What's uh, actually one of the main reasons why he's coming up also is to get his cameras cleaned. Uh -huh. Uh, that's probably the main reason and then I'm going and bringing them over because I started not started I've been cleaning cameras for a long time it's just I never advertised it so he's bringing up two cameras to have them professionally cleaned yeah. uh, which has been drumming up some great business for me the last two weeks I have actually. a bone to pick with you about that like you know about three or four months ago you said to what? me Darren you have an awful dirt there in your sensor and I went oh, yeah, I know that yeah. I was bringing up the cons cameras to get it cleaned oh yeah Nothing. Tumbleweeds after that. No. I told you I'd clean it. <laughs> nothing. Hold on a second. Nothing. And then Hold all on of a second sudden now. you see Dodd Enterprises No, no, no. no. I said to you whenever you need to clean. I'll clean your camera for you. 20 bucks, lads. No matter. <laughs> I'd have given you the 20 bucks, lad. Go away out of it. Go away out of it. You know well. You know well. I said you can have your camera clean whenever you want. But you're like, no, I've got free camera cleaning cons. What do I need you for? <laughs> Obviously, I can't get the cons. Like, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I still have the sensor dirt on it, like... But anyway, either which way, yeah. So listen, Robert, oh, yeah. thanks again for uh, for that one. Okay, um, I'm going to go to the last one here, uh, and I think it's the last one from an Instagram point of view, and it's actually quite interesting. So it's from Finland, 1976, yeah. and it's for me, there's three locations. Good so old buddy Finn. one is Two Mile Gate, which Ooh. I only discovered thanks to Dad. So you're you're influencing there, Dermot. By fair play to you. Um, oh, yeah. Second is Limerick City. Because I love the three bridges. <laughs> That's Limerick City, yeah. kid. Uh, I love the three bridges walk uh, <laughs> and views. And then yeah. the cliff walk in yeah. Doolan. So, very, is, is, oh, is, is that your alter ego there called Finland 1976? Like, you know, so you go <coughs> to Two Mile Gate, you'll go into Limerick City, and then you'll go to Doolan. Where's, where's Doolan? Doolan's County Ware. County what? County Ware. County Clare. Oh, do you know what, actually, Darren? And it's funny that this is brought up because uh, I'm actually starting my first workshop at the end of the summer and it's starting in Doolin and it's going to hold up along the cliffs of Moher. Um, so, yeah, so it's going to be... It's not a full-on photography workshop. It's more aimed at beginners in photography. So we're, what we're going to do is we're going to get all drive to Doolin, park the cars up there and hike... The whole trip out to Hags head, head and then get the bus back to the cars then in Doolin from there. So I'll be hosting my own first photography workshop at the end of this summer, hopefully. So it's going to be limited, though, because of everything that's going on in this world. Brilliant. So, yeah, I'll uh, update you with more news uh, towards the end of the summer. Brilliant. So let me ask you a question, Paul. Have you been uh, to Limerick to take photographs? No, we've never never been down to, to Limerick to take photographs. We always, whatever it is, even though it's the same distance for me to go to Limerick than it is to go to Cork, I always just end up turning for, for Cork City or <laughs> oh, on, a, on a night away. Dad, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. it hurts, I say, does it? Must really hurt. How about Clare? How often have you gone to Clare? Uh, no. Clare, um, I've 
been there. I've been to Clare quite a few times now, but I I haven't not as not as much as I I'd want to go there, you know, uh, mm. or as much as I want to go there. Um, like looking at uh, Dermot's images there, two mile bridge. I've never been there, you know, so I definitely definitely have that on the the books to to go. Yeah, look, it is nice to be fair. Like, it is a beautiful spot. But you know, I mentioned a second ago about Robert there and the poor unfortunate has he been stuck down in beautiful Kenmare. How about the people that were stuck in, <laughs> in Clarny? And how about the people that were stuck in, in Clare? How about the people that were stuck close to Cliffs of Moher, where there was no tourists, like nobody jacking up the roads with all these crazy drivers driving on the wrong side of the road or the middle of the road? It must have been a crazy place to be, even now, I suppose, because you're still limited. We're, we're 20 kilometres of a distance we can travel now. Is that right, Joe? Not not next... Um, I'll take your word first. Oh, so we said at five? Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's still going to be empty of a, or void of any human beings other than the locals that are going to be in that whole area. Imagine the photographs that you get there then, now. I, I, from my perspective, I don't think it would matter because you're so, shooting such a vast scene whether it had uh, people on it or not, um, it didn't really matter because it was so small because the place is freaking huge. I mean, like, it was close to being one of the uh, greatest wonders of the world at one stage. Um, so I don't think it mattered too much whether there was people there or not. Uh, here's here's the pop quiz for you, for both of you. There was a movie filmed at the Cliffs of Moher. Do you know what it was? Yeah. Ryan's Daughter. No, that's Kerry. <laughs> I know, yeah, I just remembered from one year of life. Oh, yeah, yeah. Paul, do you know? Um, I'm the clue there. It was The Princess Bride. Never seen this. Cliff Samoher. What are all these stupid films about? Like, when, when was this mid? 1956? Oh, you know, my vintage, like, you know what I mean? 1934, I suppose, is when I saw it on my 18th birthday. Oh, sweet Jesus Christ. <laughs> 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 not a Princess Bride was an 80s movie I think it was yeah um, but yeah it was filmed there's parts of film there in the uh, Cliffs of Moore there's just a bit of a pop quiz for you so yeah look Claire finally okay, got so a mention I suppose thanks to Dermot the, uh, the, the influencer you made sure that uh, people now know more about <laughs> Two Mile Gate and uh, your beloved Claire so I'll go back to you there and give us yeah. the final thoughts or final areas I suppose from uh, Facebook please yeah Sure thing. So Wayne Donaldson says, I'm mostly shooting live music, which is something I find really, really cool. I, I've, I've saw a few pictures on, online lately of it, uh, which is off the cards for quite some time. Mm. So tomorrow he's going to have a crack at some landscape photography. So uh, fair play to mm. Wayne. Like we've been just talking about that stuff now for the last uh, uh, what, 40 minutes. So we're going to skip past that part and we're going to come on to Cullum. Corcoran. Is it, I, I'm getting the name right. Look at that. Well, Boy, I'm good, mate. What part of Japan so, is coming um, from? I, and I'm just going to shout out to Julie Corcoran, who I normally kind of butcher her name, but I'm getting it right, he says. So, Column says, I'm looking to shoot some natural woodland if anyone knows some near south of Dublin. So, can anyone give Cullum some advice on where to go for natural woodland? Paul? Um, well, Dublin, you have. See, it depends on on the restrictions, I suppose. Um, you have you have the Phoenix Park. Um, you know, natural woodland. I yeah. suppose you'd want to be moving down towards the the Wicklow area. Yes, I would agree, and I think Manor Kilbride is a great place to be able to go to as well. As I mentioned it earlier, there's so much to photograph in that area. But even um, what's the name of the place again that you said you want to go to with uh, Bernard Banstow Woods? Is it? Balnestow Woods and definitely Glendalock. I still want to go there because I'm Irish and I haven't been there. I know it's a shame, but yeah, definitely Balnestow Woods because, and especially I saw someone with a photograph there on Instagram as of yesterday. I don't know what your man's name is, but it was it was brilliant simply because it's different from what everyone else basically shoots. I mean, Bernard was the first person I ever saw shoot from Balnestow Woods and he had a lovely composition, but everyone has shot that yes. composition ever since. And then this dude comes up at this composition, which I've never seen from there. And it looks good, real good, like. So I want to go and see if I can get something different again because I don't want to copy that dude. Sorry, no, I don't know his name, but I feel horrible now because I'd love to give him the credit for it. 
I know. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure that you'll, you know, share it out on the Irish Photography Podcast stories or something like that, so you're able to show him the love. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's quite interesting, yeah. I suppose, in all those different areas. And if we look in kind of a thing, nobody said they wanted to go to the Copper Coast, which I'm surprised at because the Copper Coast, from a landscape point of view, is a gem. You know, okay, nobody said they wanted to come to Cork other than Paul. Thanks for that, Paul. Fair play to you. I don't blame you. Yeah, no, Mark, <laughs> the, the, the Loch is a great place to go in Cork as well, you know. Oh, especially from the bird point yeah. of view. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I suppose, yeah, we can touch on that as well, actually, in a moment, because yeah. I want to learn more about, from your point, you know, to the areas even we spoke about, how would they suit you from a, a wildlife point of view? So, guys, look, um, we're going to take one final break, actually. Thanks to everybody who has given us those fantastic ideas, you know. For those of you that, you know, didn't know about those other areas, I hope you know about them now and you've added them to your list when we can get out. So, yeah, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back after this. Canon, Nikon, Sony, all great batteries, but at a great cost. Extreme batteries from Henle are affordable and have increased ultra-high capacity, extra durability in stream conditions, shock-absorbing construction, and better yet, they even come in orange. Get yours now at Henle.ie. And you're very welcome back to the final part of this week's Irish Photography Podcast. And, you know, Paul, you've been fantastic along the way in this episode, sharing your thoughts in the different areas. But I kind of want to discuss something with you right now is how would those areas that we've mentioned suit you from a wildlife point of view? So, you know, I'm talking about landscape more so. Dermot's hardly going to be thinking about those areas to go and take a wedding there because I don't know when the next weddings are going to happen either. That's another problem. Sorry for that one, Dermot. But, you know, from a wildlife point of view and the different areas that you're or we've kind of been speaking about here from the different listeners, which one would appeal to you to go to from a wildlife point of view, first and foremost? I will say you have to take into consideration, I suppose, where, where people are living as well. But, you know, I just I just mentioned the Loch and Cork. And, you know, for any photographers that are in urban urban city, you know, uh, you have you have the, the Loch and Cork. And, you know, you have down in Limerick, you have the, the Shannon Estuary and stuff. You know, you're always going to find wildlife along those, you know, along the riverbed or, mm-hmm. you know, the, the migrating birds in, in the Loch and Cork. Um, but as, as in when you're locked down at home, I suppose here at the weekends, I mean, like you were saying, you know, people never kind of shoot on their own doorstep. You always want to travel to get to a different location. Um, I mean, I've located two, two, um, kind of swampy areas or, you know, two kind of unknown lakes, um, since I've been at home at the weekends, you know, and, you know, I've, I've compensated here at home as well in, in regards to the wildlife. I have, you know, I've, I've put up bird feeders and, you know, there's there's ways and means of, of getting different types of shots. You know, I've, I've taken branches from certain trees, you know, a small little snippet of a branch and you just attach it to your, your feeder. You know, and as soon as your, your wildlife starts coming in, you, you start taking shots and, you know, you've you different different species of tree. You know, you get a different shot every time. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, so you know, it's primarily you photograph birds, yeah. Um, birds would be my go-to. Like I'm, I'm, I'm all, I'm all wildlife mad for it, but I just have a, a massive interest in in birds, um, bird watching, and you know, migrating birds and the the movement and you know how they they act mm-hmm. um, within mm-hmm. lakes and you know woodland. But it, the birds are nearly always my, my go-to. Fantastic. And I suppose, you know, with the different aspects of the different birds too, one that I'd love to take photographs of is the kingfisher. But they're extremely hard, number one, to find, but even harder to photograph. I hear maybe it's easy for you at this stage and how long you've been doing it. But is that the case with kingfishers? Are they hard to find? Yeah, they're they're like a they're very small birds, like you know. So and, and you know they're they're always a, along the riverbed. Um, sometimes you'd be you'd be walking along the riverbed, and all you see is this little flash of blue shooting past you. Um, so right. kingfishers are are probably not the best bird to start with in regard to wildlife. <laughs> you know, they're 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 a tough they're a tough catch. But you know, I, sometimes you're best to leave the camera at home. You know, walk the river. You know, have get an idea of, of whereabouts they are, where maybe they might be feeding low-lying branches and stuff. Yes. And, you know, maybe set up a day, maybe in a couple of days' time on a Saturday morning or something, go down early, set up a small hide. And, you know, if you have the option to leave the hide there, then that's even better again, you know, because there's, you're not changing the setting in any way, you're not changing the landscape in any way. So at least the next day you come down, you can just pop into the hide. And, you know, more often or not, you, you will get you will get your kingfisher. 
but they are they are they and they can be a tough catch. Oh, wow. But a rewarding one too, I suppose, when you do finally but, nail it, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, a massive reward. And you know, wildlife is all about patience. You know, some some people get get bored fast. You know, especially you have the landscape photographers, and you know they might go out for a small bit of wildlife, and you know you have to wait and wait and wait. You know, I have I have an image there of um, two deers fighting in Killarney National Park. You know, I love that photograph. About five minutes before that, I was going to give up. Like, you know, I was going to I was going to leave. You know, there was nothing happening here, and I said, you know what, I'll I'll just hold on, and and I held on for another couple of minutes, and you know, I saw two two stags in the distance, um, a bit of a distance between them, but I I knew, I knew that the that one stag had his hinds with him and this was a lone stag so i knew he Uh was going to to make make his um his move up towards this this group of hinds and you know i waited waited and so he did and i ended up getting a shot of the two of them fighting in the water um it's a bit far in the distance you know and it, it was a bit tough we had very morning sun and you know it was shining on the water so it was it was very easy to get the the image burnt out if you, if you had the ISO up, yeah. but um, it it worked out well in the end. I ended up getting a, an image that I was very happy with, and it you know it, it made the morning. And even though I was there for maybe three three and a half hours, it was it was still worth it. So actually, just on that one point, because yeah. of that, and you waited in those extra five minutes, I bet you know every time you go taking photographs, you're afraid to leave just because when you leave, something else will happen. You think five minutes later, yeah. Absolutely, every time, every time, <laughs> every time. So tell me this, so you have a lovely, like, you, you're very good to forward us on some of your images, which first and foremost, I mean, I'm astounded by the quality of your images. So like, fair play to you for that. But there's one image in particular that stuck out like a sore thumb to me. And it's just, I, I, I'm blown away by the quality of the image first and foremost, the way you framed it, the way there's fog in the image and simply because of the fog coming out the, the deer's nose, is it better to photograph wildlife really early in the morning or is it better in the evening time or sun or sunset or whatever? Well, there's, there's certain species of wildlife that, you know, suits better in the morning. Um, maybe, you know, you have foxes. They, they, you know, you a lot of the time you see them in the evening, uh, you know, a, a lot more than than you would in, in the morning time. Um, plus, when, when you're out okay. in the open, you know, you kind of need the, the evening light um, to get foxes. Um, in, in regards to the deer, the morning time is the best um, in regards to the rutting. You know, mm-hmm. when you have when you have a frost, they seem to be more active. And that that morning, I took that. I think it was maybe the weekend before. Um, I took the image of the the two the two stags fighting. Um, it was just an early morning shot. I yeah. saw him in the distance, and it was it was just the cold and the the ice. And it was just his breath coming out, and you know I had it in color as well. And because sometimes it's it's quite difficult to change um, wildlife photography into black and white. Sometimes it doesn't work, but mm-hmm. I just changed it just to see what yeah. a, a different dynamic would it would bring to it. And it just worked out well. You know, it gave a lot more definition in in the breath of the morning, and you could tell that it was a, it was a morning shot. Yeah, I mean it's just it's it's top notch. Like it's definitely something that you might have. I'd I'd say you've won awards for with that picture. Um, yeah, I actually got. A, I think I was in an honourable mention um, at one of the interclubs or the SACCs for for that for that particular shot. Wow, and it's deserved as well. It's a beautiful shot, and uh, you know what? That one other photograph and we mentioned in a second ago there, Paul, is about the kingfisher, and you've got a f- photograph of a kingfisher. Probably what? He's probably six inches off the water. He's moving, so he, he's oh, your you're panning with him, and he's pin sharp and you see the movement coming across tell me about that shot man um that was actually down early morning as well um down in Killarney again it's, it's just my safe haven to be honest um yes. but it was actually one of my first images with the 600 lens wow. uh, they were just passing along the river so i was actually going down for for the deer and as I was walking along the the river, um, I spotted him. I spotted him up and down, and he was fairly active. So I just lid down, lid down in the grass, and I must have taken maybe 50, 60 shots of him up and down. And you know, I maybe pulled one or two images out of the the memory card after. 
and it was just the look that I had the morning sun shining and reflecting off the water and it just blended with the colors of the the, the kingfisher and it, it just worked out very well but it, it's good to get something different you know you see lots of kingfishers and they're they're on branches and there's there's some amazing reflections out there and there's some amazing shots but I, I like to set myself a challenge and you know get something different in regards to the a bird you might see photographed all of the time you know and I was very pleased with that image. Yeah, and you know, you say there is one of the first photographs you took with your 600. So, like, you must have went, my good God almighty, what am I in store for here? Because, like, that's incredible to get that one of the early shots in it. Absolutely. It was probably the, the one time that uh, when I looked at the back of the camera, I was just, just you know, wanting to get home immediately. Normally I'm hanging on and hanging on until later nine o'clock, but just wanted to get home to see if this, if this was reality, like, you know, if it did come out and it was good and sharp for me and it was, and I was absolutely thrilled. Oh, I, I love it. I think it's a fantastic shot. And, you know, that's only us touching on a couple of your photographs, um, Paul. I think, you know, you're a phenomenally talented uh, wildlife photographer and you definitely have the ability that I don't have uh, to be able to see the animal in the first place but take the shot in the second instance. Cheers, Darren. I appreciate it. Well, you're more than welcome to, to come up with us anytime. Yeah, I, t- I, I have my oh, yeah. uh, bazooka now, yeah. so I'm part of the bazooka bike club, so I'm allowed going now, I think. Absolutely. You have to put an application in first, Darren, before you're allowed to join. You can't just buy something and rock on up and think you're in the bazooka club. So get your uh, application form in and myself, Paul and Kiran will uh, check it out and see if we admit you to the group. Okay, if I have to, I suppose, yeah, if I have to. Stay out of the middle of the plains when you're in during the rutting, Darren, you'll be fine. I'm wearing my bright red jacket. Bright red yeah. jacket. Yeah, yeah. Best way to right. do it. Now, mind you, Dermot, like the one shot that you got, which was an excellent shot that day, I don't think you shouldn't have been. That's exactly as you say there, Paul. Stay out of the plains because you shouldn't be in the middle of an area, you know? There's no sign saying don't step here. So that's uh, my story and I'm sticking with it. Anyway, Paul, thanks a million. I swear to God, you've been a joy to having the show. I really, really do appreciate it. I think we need to get you back on for a full show to talk about the process of a wildlife wildlife photographer and what you need to do and tips and tricks. Uh, what you say Absolutely, to Absolutely, yeah. I'd be delighted to come back on and I appreciate you asking. It's been fantastic. Excellent. Yeah, brilliant. I really enjoyed it as well. Yeah, so look, we've reached the end of the show. It went Time went quick, actually, you know. Um, I'd like to thank you, Paul, for coming on the show and giving us some fantastic insights from a wildlife point of view. I'd like to thank our listeners and obviously the members of our Facebook group and our Instagram page for giving us the content for this evening's podcast. And I suppose if I have to, I have to thank you, Dermot, as well, I suppose, really, you know. Just thanks. Yeah, I won't give you any other words, just thanks. No, it's not allowed anymore. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right, listen, guys, thanks very much. It's been a blast. And uh, from me in the Cork HQ, until the next time, Stonga Fall. See you, lads, and thanks a million for everything. Cheers. Hey, guys, if you dig what you're hearing, why don't you jump over to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts? Give us a five star rating and don't forget to share with your friends. With all that done, we'll see you next week. And remember, keep shooting.